Um, we want to start cooling things down a little bit because you know how things go. You got to get get things going ahead of time in order things in, in order for it to work. But we're uh, hopefully you got an outline, pretty much an outline of our uh, rooted in Christ is in Christ's word. We think about last week we talked about being rooted in Christ. Now we're kind of talk about being rooted in Christ's word. His word it's important uh, to have that. <clears throat> and uh, James chapter one verse nineteen is where we're going to be. I think uh, if you're good with with plants, I think they say that if you're good with plants or trees and things like that. They call you, you have a green thumb, right? Is that what they say? You have a green thumb because you're good at that. You have a knack for it. I remember moving down here from Washington State. I remember I was trying to grow some grass in our backyard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It didn't go very well. I have a, a fond appreciation for those that can grow grass because I've seen some people's yards, and they grow their grass. Maybe they're landscapers, and maybe there's some people. If you go across some of these golf courses, well, there's some people that have a talent for grass, and I'm telling you, it's no small thing. If you've tried to grow, grow grass, and uh, and uh, then you watch these people grow grass, and it's nice, lush, green, and they cut it, they they uh, fertilize it, they do all the different things. They come October, they they cut it down, and they reseed it for uh, different kind of grass. So I, uh, you, you know, it's just it's just something to it, and sometimes it seems like there's a science or a knack to it. But uh, it does certainly, I have a respect for those that do, do, do that kind of stuff, yard work. And there's a lot of them. There's just an army of people in this valley. Have you ever noticed? I don't think, I think we're, uh, this is the number one place for landscapers. Because if, how many of you have ever been behind a landscaper when you're driving down the road? And half the time they're driving slow, okay? So we've got to give them patience, be patient. They're doing, working hard out there. But everywhere there's something growing in this valley. I mean, there's just, it takes water to do that, and it takes work. Somebody's working behind the scenes. How is this getting where it is? Let me encourage you to tell you that uh, this Christian life is it's work. All right? And it's good work, though. You ever had good work before? Or you're going, man, boy, this work is hard, difficult. Uh, yesterday I was up on the mountaintop up uh, east of or north of uh, Banning. They had our trucks, our cement trucks. There's 10 of our cement trucks. I actually went to go relieve a guy that broke down. Well, it was going to be a day of breaking down because we had a couple trucks that had issues going up this dirt road uh, up uh, up to the top of this mountain where we would pour, and they were putting up a new tower, and we were driving up this road, and it was hazardous. Oh, it was bumpy, and it was jostling, and if wrong turn, and you'd go off the edge. And I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty scary. It was a scary uh, drive up there. It was two-hour. Once you hit the road, it was a two-hour drive up that dirt road. And that was a long trip. But that was the beginning of it because once we got to the top, one issue after another, or uh, the, the control wouldn't work on another guy's truck, and another guy's truck, his, his tire blew, and so he, he had to keep going. You can't, you can't stop. you got to keep going if you can. And that tire, and you saw the rim, it was all bent and chopped up, that bent, and, the, and the rim was gone. But he had to drive down and uh, down to the bottom like that. Uh, and then it get replaced by the mechanic. And it was just, I might, my, my, had my, one of my brake cylinders, it, it went out. And so they had to disengage it. And then I had to drive to the bottom and they'll have to fix that. But it was just a day of things going south. And that's just, that just happens. Murphy's law, Murphy's, Murphy's family show up, you know, you're going to be, you're going to have things happen left and right. But, uh, 
but but uh, sometimes things are difficult, and I just I I really I felt it was really difficult too for the guy that was in control. I tried to help him out the best I could. I could see he was under a lot of stress, and I'm thinking, hey, take it easy. We'll get through, do the best we can with what we got here. But it was interesting how uh, how uh, things go and how you know uh, it's work, man. It was work. It was really not the fun kind of work yesterday. That was exciting being on the top of the mountain. I uh, didn't see Jerry there. He was on another mountaintop. I don't know if he's over there on the tram. But uh, it, it sometimes work is is difficult. And we were going, man, I, I should call out sick today or whatever. You know, some people say. <laughs> you, the, you can't lie. Sometimes you think that way. Uh, but uh, sometimes you work and you go, wow, that was an awesome day. That was a great day. It just, it just everything flowed well. Time went along fast. And, and it was just a great day at work, whatever. And uh, But understand that when we have a life with Jesus Christ, every day is a great day. You know, he's he's always he, it's a blessing uh, knowing him and having him and his grace and his presence within our lives. But here we see in James chapter one, verse 19, the Bible says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Now, I'm, I'm amazed how really we see the engrafted word. Really, the engraftedness, we think about, uh, I, I remember we had an apple tree in, in, in my front yard years ago, and that apple produced several different apples because they put a, they, they were able to graft other branches onto the apple tree, and so it would produce different apples off those branches that would go off that tree. It's an incredible thing. But we think about the engrafted word. The word of God is supposed to be engrafted into our lives. That's how 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 connected it's supposed to be within our lives. And so, uh, which is able to save our souls, praise the Lord. Uh, the Bible says in verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and, for, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the law of liberty... And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So we see that uh, as both uh, Jesus Christ and the Bible are the living word of God, it is impossible to be rooted in Christ without being rooted in his word. A genuine disciple of Christ prepares for his, for his or her heart to humbly receive God's word and to allow it to be his or her guide through life. It's our guide. It's our manual. Amen. And we take it and it's not laborious. It's not like a curse. It's a blessing. And so we understand that. So we see that uh, we often have an occasion to observe life that is spinning absolutely out of control. It may be out of, or it may be out of control with anger or lust, a husband or a wife, uh, and leave their family or, or a young adult may leave the faith. What are, uh, what are we seeing in, uh, on in life is not a real problem. However, the real problem lies beneath the surface. There are no onlookers. Uh, we see that there are no onlookers can see. We see the fruit, but the problem is with the root. Since fruit makes known to us what is happening with the roots. It can, it can be said that wherever there is a fruit problem, there is likely a root problem. We may see, you know, a lot of people, you've heard, well, we need to get to the root of the problem. Yeah? You ever heard of that term? And that is true. We may see a man yelling at his wife, that's the fruit, but what drove him to yell? Something is going on underneath. 
We see the problem is with the root. We, we may see a teenager girl who suddenly gets multiple body piercings and tattoos and shaves most of her hair and dyes the rest neon green. Uh, but that drove her to, but what drove her to alter her appearance like this? Something is going on underneath. The problem is with the root underneath. We see uh, the uh, Colorado State University made the 2012 headlines in one of the most horrific trials of, and tragedies ever to take place in our country. James Holmes, a brilliant 24-year-old uh, neuroscience student dressed up like the Joker, went into a theater and killed 12 innocent people, wounding eight, uh, 58 others. An officer choked back tears as he told the court how he entered the building and slipped in uh, in blood. Investigators uh, Investigations uncovered other bizarre behaviors in his life as authorities found dozens of explosive devices with tripwires rigged or uh, to trigger them in Holmes' 800 square foot apartment. Everybody in America, and especially the news uh, pundits, attempted to uncover what was going on in Holmes' heart and mind that would cause him to commit such unthinkable acts. It is commonly understood that the horrified fruit problem is the indicator of a root problem. We see this in the very first murder in the world when Cain killed his brother Abel. There was something going on underneath. His heart was filled with jealousy, anger, and the desire to choose his own way. The root problem was made known through the fruit. Cain's heart led him to murder. Obviously, this is not the fruit those who desire to be rooted in Christ hope to produce through their lives. Uh, what precautions can we take to keep our lives from spinning out of control? What will keep our, what will keep us firmly planted in Christ? And let me tell you today, we as Christians, we need to be planted in Christ. Amen. We need to be firmly planted. Uh, and that gives us the confidence, a real confidence that God has for us. We are to be rooted in Christ, to grow in Him, and to bear the fruit Christ desires. We must get firmly rooted in the Word of God. And so we need to get the Scripture clearly identifies Jesus as the Logos, the living Word. John 1, 1, 7 this says this. John 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Bible is the living word of God, and Jesus is the living word of God as well. There is no way to have an abiding, rooted relationship with Jesus Christ apart from being rooted and grounded in the Bible. Psalms 119, verse 140 says, Thy word is very pure, and therefore thy servant loveth it. Jesus spoke of the importance of becoming grounded in his word. John 8, 31 says this. John 8, 31 says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then ye, then ye are my disciples indeed. Verse 32 it says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you what? Free. It's a wonderful verse there. It'll set you free. You're looking around, you don't have to look too far. There's a lot of shackled people. They're shackled to many different things in life. But we as Christians, we need to, uh, God wants to, uh, Jesus, Jesus Christ, he wants to set us to set free. But we need to be, we need to be logged in. We need to be rooted in Christ. We need to be rooted in his word. The will recognizes, uh, the will recognize genuine disciples of Christ by their response to the word of God. What do, you, what do they do when God's word speaks against the way we are living? Do they humbly repent and submit? Or do they become angry and continue on their own way? No one else can make uh, make you a disciple of Jesus Christ. It is your choice. 
You can choose to continue in his word, which will free you through his truth, or you can choose to continue in your own way. And uh, so we understand that we have a choice. Psalms 19, verse 7 says this. Psalms 19, 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 8, it says, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. We see some great benefits of getting into the Word of God. We have some great benefit, benefits of rooting into the Word of God as we see uh, the rejoicing heart. As we see the enlightening of the eyes. What an incredible thing. I think uh, in the Bible it talks about Jonathan. I think Jonathan came back from battle and he did not hear that uh, they weren't supposed to eat of anything for, uh, for a whole day or whatever. And he ended up scooping some honey and all of a sudden he came alive and his eyes lit up. And, and we, also see Sam, uh, Sam, uh, we also see Samson. Samson uh, got, some, got some honey. I'm not going to tell you where he got it. Okay, but anyways, he got some honey. He dished up that honey, hit it, and his eyes got lit up. It brought him back. He was just, he had gone without food for a long time. We think about how the word of God is compared to be like honey, the honey of God, the honey of heaven. So we need to understand that the word of God is powerful. It can meet, it has all the ingredients that we need and to make an incredible, wonderful life that God wants for us. He wants to do that for us. We think about the enlightening of the eyes. The wonderful word of God is perfect, sure, right, and pure. If you choose to continue in it, to be rooted and grounded in it, your life will produce completely different fruit from the fruit of, uh, produced of the world. How can you be rooted in the word of God? So we see number one, prepare to receive, prepare to receive. And so we go to verse 19 through 21. Wherefore, my beloved brother, uh, uh, James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And so we see you must, we must purposefully prepare to receive the word of God. Hopefully, we as Christians, we get into that where we're preparing ourselves to get in the word of god we take a moment and we say god i pray i pray holy spirit that you would help me as i get into your word and as we come to the the church hopefully you're praying you're prayerful and you're praying that god will do something special at church and and in all the activities of the church and that god will work in a special way and as you get into the word of god that god will prepare your heart for that we see number a we need a spiritual we need spirit of receptability Swift to hear in the case we are to have a spirit of receptivity. <laughs> when we walk into church, our spirit should be saying, I'm here to receive, I'm here to receive from God. The announcements are helpful. The music is uplifting. The fellowship is encouraging. But I want to hear God's word. I love the Bible. Or when we open our Bible at home, our spirit should be saying, I'm ready to hear. I'm here to, be, uh, to get what I need from God. I think of these little plants I'm growing, and these little lemon plants, and they're trying to they're trying to grow. They're doing their best. They're pretty hardy. I guess I've read I've done some uh, people uh, talk about the uh, lemon plant and how hardy it is. It's really hard to go wrong with a lemon plant or a lemon tree, whatever. But they are sprouting up. Those we, those those little leaves are looking, and they're it's photosynthesis, right? The science of photosynthesis. It's grabbing energy from the sun. And, oh, it's in and and, the more, and sometimes they love sun. If for a lemon tree, it loves sun. There's certain plants that love sun, and when they get the sun, they grow. When they get plenty of moisture and many plenty of nutrients, man, they they just take off. 
and they grow. We as Christians, we need to uh, be under the word of God, under the sound uh, of the gospel, the sound of the word of God. We, in order for us to grow, it's the very essential. I mean, you can, you can put all the water you want on a plant, you can get them all the nutrients, but if, you, if it lives in the cave, it's not going to do any good. It needs to get out. It has a purpose to grow out. And, and, it be, and, and so we see that, uh, we understand that it's important. We love our Bible. We need to love our Bible. We need to love the Word of God. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Or similar phrase is spoken eight, eight times by Jesus in the Gospels. Perhaps Jesus knew the human tendency to mentally channel serve or compose to do list while listening to spiritual truth. If we want to be rooted in Christ's Word, we must choose to listen. It's an important thing. No way. We're really distracted today. We have our iPhones. We all have all the different things we can be plugged into. And, and the Word of God can't be just another activity. It has to be a real important activity. Jesus has to be number one in our lives in order for us to be the disciple that God wants us to be. We see that uh, 1 Samuel 3, uh, Samuel was a child living in the temple under the tr- uh, tutelage of Eli, the priest. One night, and we see that one night, Samuel awoke from his sleep. As he heard a voice, he ran into Eli's room and said, Yes, sir. Eli replied and that it wasn't him who had called Samuel. This happened two more times, and the third time Eli received, uh, perceived excuse me, that it was the Lord who had spoken to the young prophet to be. Go lie down, Eli, directed Samuel, and it shall be if he... If he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So we find that in 1 Samuel 3, 9. Eli knew that, the, that God often spoke directly to prophets in those days. And he said, Samuel, I want you to go and go back to bed. Wait for that voice that may once again, if you hear the voice, I want you to listen carefully. And that's the way we should be at church. Amen? Not wondering, or as we are prone to, who is wearing what, or whose son got a trophy at school, our heart's prayer should be, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. I'm here to listen to what you have to say to me. And so it's important. A naturalist and his friend, this is an illustration, a naturalist and his friend were walking through a park in a large city. The naturalist, of course, had studied many aspects of nature. The insect world, the animal world, uh, the plant world, etc. He suddenly stopped and said to, you, uh, to his friend, Did you hear that? Did you hear that, that cricket? His friend questioned, With all the noise, noise of the cars and the people and everything else going on or going by, how did you hear that cricket? Well, you hear what you train yourself to hear, the naturalist replay, uh, replied. To illustrate his his point, he pulled a few coins out of his pocket and threw them out onto the sidewalk. Suddenly, a dozen people stopped in their tracks, turned, and looked uh, toward the two friends. The ears of the people were trained to hear the sound of money falling, and they wanted to see if the money would be retrieved. No one's going to pick it up. Hey, I'm going to pick it up. But we're trained. Hey, I'm telling you, you're trained. It, does, it, it is that way. To, uh, we understand you hear what you are trained your ears to hear. And when you train your ears to hear the, uh, God's word, he is able to work in you, strengthening your roots. Training ourselves. I like that. At least training ourselves for something really worthwhile. Amen? 
you may hurt your back going after that coin, but you know, <laughs> but that'll really strengthen you to hear the things of God. So James 1.19 continues, to, it says, slow to speak. Notice this comes after an admonition to be swift to hear. When we are swift to hear God's word, we, are, we have something eternal and life-changing to speak. When we speak without first being swift to hear, we often simply share our own opinions, which will have no eternal effect on the hearers. Proverbs 17, 28, listen to this verse here. It says, Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Sometimes we need to say a little less, amen, and do a little more listening. One unknown author said, God gave us two ears, but only one mouth. Some people say that because, because, uh, that's because he wants us to spend twice as much time listening as talking. Others claim it's because he knew listening was twice as hard as talking. Teachers and preachers especially need to be careful to hear God's word before they speak. Because they have great responsibility to speak God's truth. James 3, 1 says this, My brethren, be not, uh, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater damnation. We understand that slow to wrath is a final admonition of James 1, 19. Wrath speaks of a deep resentment and inner hatred or anger. In this case, it specifically refers to responding with wrath when confronted with truth. Wow, think about that. This is evident when someone becomes angry when they hear scriptural admonition and confronts their sin. It confronts their sin. This anger is often directed toward the preacher or teacher who is sharing the truth of the Bible. How dare he? How did he know that was in my fridge? How did he know that I you know, spoke these things. How did he know, you know, and, and you hear stories of things that, you know, how God speaks to, and the pastor didn't know it at all. The preacher didn't know it at all, maybe. And we understand that, you know, uh, but the Holy Spirit knows. Amen. And God knows. And we see Galatians 4, 16 says, am I therefore becoming your enemy because I tell you the truth? Uh, Paul, as he said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And see, we, we, we share the word of, uh, the word of God and we uh, were there to sharpen each other. Uh, is it not sometimes not? We think about the friction that happens with iron sharpening iron. Think about that. I know we talk about that fellowship we have. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it rub you the wrong way. But you got to say, praise the Lord. I got my feet stepped on. Praise the Lord. You know, this is, you know. And there's some friction going on, but it's a good friction. Because it's, because the, uh, uh, because the uh, what will happen as a result is it will become more productive. You know, a tree, I'm sure a tree doesn't like to get cut and pruned. A tree has to be pruned. It can properly provide uh, fruit, whether it's a peach tree or apple tree or cherry tree. It has to be properly pruned so that tree will put out, put out the, the best fruit possible. And some people that know what they're doing, they can do it in such a way to where that, that tree will produce what it was intended to produce. We as Christians, we need to understand that sometimes it's not fun to go through some pruning, but it's, it's needful. It is needful. We do ourselves a great disservice when we become angry because the Bible speaks against some, something in our lifestyle or mindset. We miss the blessing God wants to give us. When we are swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, we give God's word an opportunity to pull our roots further into Christ. And I think in, in Psalms, the Bible talks about David, and the Bible talks about how David mused. Basically, that means he's, 
you know, in the Bible it talks about meditating, but he mused on it. He mused on the Word of God. He really, he allowed it to, he thought about it for a while, and it really just turned in his his soul and his life. In the Word of God, you know, I think it's a good thing for us Christians that we have times where we're thinking about God's Word, and we're musing on it, and God's ministering to us through the Word of God. And I think we live in such a fast-paced lifestyle right now. I think many of us Christians today have lost that. We've lost the Holy Spirit's interaction in our lives. And we've lost that meditating on God's Word. We're plugged in. We've got earbuds in. We've got the uh, phone. We've got the TV. We've got all these different things that are distracting. And yet, and yet we have that need, that spiritual need that we don't have today. And people used to, used to be blessed with that. Today we're not as blessed because we're just not giving into it, to the Word of God as we ought to. So just a little bit of a... a, a promotion there or putting that out there but we see number b we need a spiritual humility we need spiritual humility verse 21 of where we were reading james 1 in verse 21 the bible says wherefore wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive the meekness of the engrafted word which is able to save your soul a spirit of humility is a second quality that prepares our heart to receive the word of God. A humble spirit will lead us to confess and repent of any known sin in our heart before we come to church or read the Bible. And that's a great thing, I think. That's a great thing to have. Humility. We're, we're, our hearts are where they need to be. They're prepared. They're ready. Uh, while while many churches have that, that close at the close of the sermon, an altar call or invitation for people to people to confess to God what the Holy Spirit has revealed to them through the message, the best time to repent is before the preaching. As you prepare for church in the morning, you can speak to the Lord, Lord, I need to have the seed of the word coming into my heart. So please show me anything that is not right in my heart right now. I will repent of whatever you show me. I will lay it aside so the seed of your word can sink deeply into my heart. In verse 21, filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness speaks of moral sins, an angry spirit, and a moral moral failure often to walk side by side in, pers- in a person's life. God commands us to lay it, uh, those sins or interests that are counterproductive to his word. So we need to follow him. We need to follow his word. So important. If we will lay, us, lay them aside, we will speak, he will speak through his word to our hearts. So it's so important. When, we, when, we, when there is covering of sin and there is a sinful environment in our, with our, over our hearts, the seed of God's word cannot get down into our hearts. We understand that uh, in, the spring, uh, in the spring, planting seeds is not, a, is not the very first thing a gardener does. He first goes out in the garden, pulls the weeds, and he's got tools, doesn't he? He's got little tools. He's got a trowel. He's got some things to break up the ground. He's, he's, he's working that ground. He's not going to put the seeds. The first thing he does is, oh, I'm going to put these seeds out there. They're going to they're do okay on themselves. No, you've got to prepare the way. In our lives, it's the same way. And so we see that he, uh, he, even, he then even, to, uh, he even tills the soil so often the ground uh, so the seed can sprout and grow. Uh, if he instead leaves the weeds and attempts to plant seeds through them, he will not harvest a bountiful crop of fruit. You cannot have fruit unless you first lay aside the weeds of sin in your life. We have to pull apart the sin and wickedness before the seed is sown in our heart or it will not grow to mature fruit. 
when you sit in church with anger in your heart, evil thoughts in your mind, or sinful deeds in your life, the message of the sermon can't go far into your heart. It won't be able to penetrate. You will not become rooted until you are willing with humility to lay aside and repent of sin. We live in such a fast-paced lifestyle today, but we just slow down and do things proper because when we do, we get the full effect, we get the blessings of God. Oh, we all need the blessings of God, praise the Lord, and God is so good. So notice the second part of the verse 21, and it says, Receive the meekness of engrafted word. Engrafted means implanted. It signifies something sown, rooted, or implanted. It has to be received and grafted into your heart. That's where it needs to go, into our heart. Not into the mind, into the heart. We see Acts 17, verse 11. Acts 17, 11. Uh, these, the Bereans, were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind. They received the word of God in all readiness and in mind. They were ready. Yeah, before they came, they were ready. And they had that, that spirit of readiness, that spirit of humbleness, that spirit of, and they had their Bible open. Amen. Amen. God wants us to be the uh, people of God's word. You know, there were used to be churches or so-called churches down through the Middle Ages that if you, uh, if you, you could not read the God's word, it was not intended for you to read. You had to come to church, and the 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 uh, minister or the priest would he would he would tell you what you'd get, and that's it. And you didn't you you were not going to have the Bible, so, and so much so they made laws where uh, you could lose all, you could lose your life by looking at the very word of God. And so there were periods of time where people could lose their lives if you had the very word. But that's not God intended. God intended for all of us to have the word of God at our disposal. We are so super blessed today. We have Bibles. We have piles of Bibles. We have Bibles on the shelf. We have our own Bibles growing dust. We're blowing that dust off. Uh, if you live in a desert, we have a lot of dust. Uh, but we understand that we, we're so blessed. We have the Bible on our phone. We have, we have access to the Bible so much. And so we find a day that you think that we would be reading the Bible more. No, we're reading the Bible less than ever before for a Christian. I mean, I'm not talking about a little. I'm talking about a lot. We, 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 uh, we, we read Jesus wept and we're done. I've got my week's quota done. That's, that's sad. And so we need to get into God's word. They receive the uh, grafted. They see the word of, uh, word of God with readiness. One of the most self-defeating thoughts can, uh, you can entertain as you hear the preaching of God's word is, I've been there, done that. The eternal riches of God's word are new and fresh and priceless every time we read them. They never become old, and they are always relevant to whatever situation we, you are in. You will not do their intended work in your life, however, unless you, like the Bereans, receive them. God will, if you ask him, give you exactly what you need through his word. Are you ever wondering sometimes, what are what kind of vitamins I need? You ever wonder that sometimes? I wonder if I'm taking something that I shouldn't be taking. I wonder, if, and you're always wondering. And, and uh, but we understand that with God's word, God will give you the nutrients and things you need spiritually if we just ask Him. Yes, He's behind, and He needs to be behind the counter. Amen. I mean, he needs to be. We need. We need Him desperately, and and so we need that, and so we understand how important it is, and so we need to be. Sir, we need to get the, the very word of God. We need to get into his word. And we need to uh, graft it into our hearts. We need to be prepared. 
And uh, if we can do that, we can plow that soil up and get it ready, and, and we come to church prepared. Imagine that. If we come to church prepared, and all of a sudden those things, that can, we can receive them. We're not angry. We're not upset. We've repented. We have humbleness in our lives, and we've repented from anything, and we're allowing God's Word to be planted in our lives. And now, guess what? It's springing up, and it's, it's profitable for not only us, for others also, our families and, and friends and those that are around us. And we're, ble- and we're blessed because God could go somewhere with that. And it's 100% God and none of us. It's just God's doing that in our lives. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. So anyways, let's have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you, God, for today. We thank you, God.